0: Five, four, three, two, one!
1: Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Poem podcast, your premier source for everything to do with the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Lightforce. The Voice coming to you live via Twitch on a Tuesday evening, unless you are tuning into the podcast as you would normally do, at which point it's at least Wednesday at high noon Pacific, joined virtually by Omni at Stripe. Uh, Sam, and another Sam Chan, is currently grinding away his SR to dig himself out of bronze. He's been at it for weeks. He still has yet to find any joy or success, so he won't be here today. Did he quit Valorant all of a sudden, or...? Well, no, because I think there was that pause in Valorant. Uh, oh, so right, he, before he, release. Yeah, so I think he got back in Overwatch. He might be back in Valorant now. I, I don't know. Gotcha, gotcha. But he's not here. He is actually going to uh, tap in later in this episode. For those of you watching on the stream, uh, we actually lined up uh, an interview uh, with Rachel Heinberg, who's the co-founder and CEO of Ateo. Ateo is actually an eSports clothing brand uh, who has uh, connected with us and is going to line up something special for our listeners. Now, because this is a live stream that we're doing right now, those listening to the podcast, you'll hear the interview a little bit later on. And Sam's going to, as I said, tap in and uh, cover that for us. But for your viewing pleasure, it is myself and Omni tonight. Uh, as you can see, Omni's still rocking the, the world without color.
2: Still waiting for the W to bring the color back into our lives.
1: Well, it is Theoretically possible that that could be as soon as this weekend. We'll get into what the Vancouver Titans will be up to come Sunday. Uh, talk a little bit about the July tournament. Uh, I guess July turn June tournament. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm confused because the you know pandemic has me trying to figure out what day of the week it happens to be. Yeah, names um, are pretty similar too. I I don't blame you. But uh, you know I do want to remind everyone that we are now uh, affiliated on. Twitch, which means you can drop subs, you can drop bits, and all that. And you know, it, it sort of sh- struck me as odd that I didn't subscribe to our our own channel. So that's what I thought I would go and do is subscribe. I subscribed to us on Twitch, dropping a Twitch Prime sub. So you're and, saying I was basically carrying our uh, subscription load? Yeah, pretty much. Now yeah. I'm, you know, helping climb on top of your shoulders and. And and make that magic happen too. Uh who knows what Sam's up to, but uh, look at that light force sub right up at the top of the screen. And I know for you listening to the podcast, you're like, well, what does this is all mean? If you tune into our live streams, uh you'll be able to tell. But uh there's lots going on in the uh the Overwatch League as well. A lot of player movement, a lot of per, uh, player personnel uh adjustments. Uh some Vancouver Titans or former Vancouver Titans have found homes. And uh, you know what? Let's waste no time. Let's go straight. Into the Payload.
0: Moving the Payload!
1: Join me! So we'll kick things off talking about the Vancouver Titans match this upcoming weekend. So again, Overwatch League action does resume. Uh, The Vancouver Titans are going to be taking on the Toronto Defiant of all teams on Sunday at 2pm Pacific. Now this is the resumption of the Battle of Canada that we saw uh, take place at the end of the, was it the May Melee qualification Or play in like I yeah it was a qualification match it was yeah I mean like essentially not a playoff match but a match to get in the playoffs and you know as we saw the Vancouver Titans acquitted themselves quite well in fact I think shocked most people at taking the Toronto Defiant to five maps so is it safe to say we're going to see another five maps uh, this weekend or is it going to be an entirely different result? It's hard to tell really because I think the defined are also going
2: through something that we're not really aware of as as we uh, had discovered in, in our talk obviously with adam but uh they've signed recently a new player in numlocked and, and it looks like they're trying to figure it out as well their record mm-hmm. is not as shining as they would probably want it to be i think it's like a four and eight right now and to be honest and i'm not just being like a biased uh, a vancouver fan i believe for most of the maps, most of the games that we've played, most of the uh, uh, game we saw uh, last time we played, we were better. It's just a, an unlucky, like, collapse that we saw in that Nepal map. But we played uh, pretty well against them. And I think that, like, this will be a good opportunity for our team to recuperate and see what was going wrong. And I'm I'm pretty happy, not just because of the Canada rivalry in here, mm-hmm. uh, um, but... Also due to the fact that you can learn way more from those losses where you were much closer to victory because, you know, you can flunk a test and you can flunk a test. But when you're that close, uh, like, for example, I'm not really sure how much we learned from being demolished by Florida, Uh, but definitely uh, I think that they can grow and, and, you know, reach new heights and maybe bring the color back to my my camera a little bit uh, with that game. Uh, my concern only though, is, uh, that awesome duo that we saw with, um, uh, shockwave on echo and Dalton on Sombra won't be possible anymore because due to the hero pools, but I, I trust
1: they will, uh, find a way. Yeah. Well, and I, so that was what I was going to to mention. And you just brought that up is the hero pools that we're going to see. And we'll talk more about that in the fray. Um, I kind of question whether it plays into what we saw from the Vancouver Titans in the first matchup because shockwave on echo was just having the defiance, right? Like for, for, for dinner, he, he was essentially consuming everything they threw at him and Sombra is where we've actually seen, um, you know, and I think it was Dalton originally you know, playing on, on the Sombra as well. Like I, I I wonder if again uh, what this means because you know I was following the conversation with some that were have you know disc- being discussed over the fact that the hero pool doesn't play into the Bank of Titans hands. And like, oh well, Shockwave can go and tracer. Well, we've seen Dalton as a very effective tracer. Yeah. So you know what what tune does he then have to to play? And then um, Diva, I mean KSA, that's generally what we've seen him play. I, I think he could also probably go Sigma. And Sigma was yeah. was who I you know, we think they, they picks that then leaves, you know, Shredlock. Are we going to see Shredlock go with a Rhine? Or are we going to see the, the, the Winston, even though it felt like he was a far superior Orissa. Yeah. Right. Arisa. Arisa, and and so the Baptiste come in right now. The problem is the the lack of Brig. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what that would all, all mean in the, in the call, but it's almost the reintroduction of hero pools provides me so many more question marks about the Vancouver Titans roster that I'm maybe less confident than if this was a world without hero pools. And you had also brought up the fact that the Toronto Defiant aren't the same team that we saw because they brought in Numlock as we'd originally thought as a, a coach for the Tanks. Um, it was actually shared uh, by Adam Adamu on our uh, our uh, friend CA Overwatch uh, show. And then uh, the Toronto Defiant just, you know, shared uh, last week that uh, Numlock is officially joining the team as a player, as a tank. So, does he then factor in and how does that change the dynamic, uh, whether it be Beast or, or Nevik? So, I, I, being the Vancouver Titans fan, I am hate to say it, but I think I have to give the edge to the Toronto Defiant here with the, the series of unknowns that we see. Now, if the Titans want to go and set me straight, and uh you know get themselves that win have at it mm-hmm. i mean i'd like to see you with a little more color in your your camera I mean, yeah these live streams too. are a little bit different uh if we are talking tanks if we are playing that sigma
2: Orissa comp i think we'll have the edge in that regard but nobody really knows what's going on with their dps lineup uh, we'll sure for play um agilities logics uh, and, and uh, their new uh dps Zivic. what was his name i forgot um, oh I, yeah. sh- I need to check your roster to to find out often, but yeah.
1: uh, i know who you're talking about
2: <laughs> so it, it's really hard to tell what's going on um there is time definitely so we cannot reuse that constant uh, uh excuse of oh we're underprepared oh we never played before mm-hmm. so that's out of the window we cannot really use that anymore uh let's see if we can compete
1: yeah and it's zik that you were you were trying to i was close to find out i mean again <laughs> i just checked the roster because you put it together for us use your own tools yeah, um working here <laughs> Now, for those of you who are Vancouver Titans fans, those of you who are Toronto Defiant fans, um, the plan is to have a uh, a viewing party uh, between uh, Ready, Sit, Pone, as well as the crew from uh, Toronto Alpha of Flight, but also uh, Defiant Court. Um, so Richard, who everyone knows is, is Root Bear, a great Root Bear, uh, he has uh, said he's going to set up a uh, Zoom uh, meeting where we can join and then, uh, you know, watch the match and, and sort of have a, a good time debating what's going down, uh, you know, throughout. Uh, I think that's kind of cool. It's bringing the two communities together. And and ultimately, I mean, we've talked about this in the past. I think it's good that both the Titans and the Defiant get to play each other more often. Um, it helps further the Overwatch brand within in Canada. I wish the two teams were performing at a higher level than they have been. You know, here in our, you know, live stream, the Tonk Skull sort of said, remember when the Titans Mm -hmm. were 25 and three? That seems so long ago, like two or three years now. And I know Toronto has had um, probably more lows than highs. Um, But again, they're doing better than the Titans are right now, but equally probably not as as well as they'd like. So.
2: I think if we combine uh, both teams' uh, victories, we might actually make it to the playoffs as it stands Mm. right now. Maybe, maybe not.
1: So, actually, I'm just looking at chat here, and apparently it's possible that Zick didn't get his two-week contract extended. Mm. So, maybe he doesn't factor in. But, you know, we've also seen how the Overwatch League um, announces, you know, players joining teams hours before matches. The Titans announced Shockwave, the Defiant announced Zik, and both saw action so yeah who knows maybe like you know you or i are gonna get announced in moments before oh shh. you can't like do that oh I'm not, I'm not i'm, I'm not gonna share stuff like that oh i'm no. so sorry uh so if you were to go and hazard a a result out of this match what are you gonna say it's going to be Hmm. 3-1 titans I want so to be I the say, optimist. Yeah. I was gonna say 3-1 defiant. Okay. And I wow. and again, we'll, I we'll meet up in the middle. I, I just I, I I think if I had seen this Vancouver Titans roster from day one, I'd have a better understanding as to how they'll be able to adapt to hero pools. I mean, because we've seen them long enough. The difficulty is I'm still trying to figure those those uh areas out. Uh and I think the team itself kind of is figuring itself. Hmm itself out. Although, uh, on that note, they've been playing Minecraft uh, relatively well. Uh, I've been trying to get them into our server. Translates pretty well to Overwatch, right? So, So I don't know. I'm I'm not trainer.
2: basing it on anything, but I think they have proven to be improving. Mm-hmm. Constantly, and and now that they've incorporated a uh, um, shockwave into the roster more uh, permanently, and had the time, it, it seems like they're led by uh, coaches that know what they want and understand the game pretty
1: well. So I'm optimistic. Yeah, and I I, I may be setting the bar too low, but it's it's you know the process of resetting expectations. where is that previous roster, I mean, I don't think at any point in time we ever really ever predicted losses, and. Right. It was difficult to actually see losses occur. We predicted close matches, but never, never losses. Now it's, it's sort of countering that. I may be predicting losses when I should be considering a win uh, as a possibility. And yeah, oh, wow. I want, I want the Titans to prove <laughs> yeah. me wrong, right?
2: Life is full of up and downs. How about uh, that sure. uh, Toronto curse? By the way, can you work that mojo again?
1: Well, so technically quick? speaking, I might have by suggesting that the <laughs> defiance. <are laughs> like a, a voodoo win. doll,
2: short for putting the pin, pin.
1: Yeah, there. I mean, who knows what Sam's going doing right now? I mean, he hasn't oh, given a prediction because he's, he's not here, so he's vexing right now. Yeah. Uh, other happenings in the world of the Vancouver Titans. Well, we talked a little bit about this uh, in previous episodes, which is why I find it funny, but Hawksall is officially joining the, the New York Excelsior NYXL. Um, we've been talking about this being essentially a thing for, I don't know how long now. Um, I'm not going to suggest that we broke the news. We didn't. But one of the things that we pride ourselves uh, with here at RSP is that uh, we don't simply go onto social and see one tweet or something on Reddit and suddenly say that that's truth. What we Instead do is we look at the balance of probabilities and the balance of probabilities had a suggesting that Hacksaw was joining New York. And of course, that's where he's going. And now, you know, in case the triple Genji meta were to occur, New York is going to be OB.
2: Hmm. Yeah, that's really the question. What are they going to do with their poor man's hacksaw and who are you? And that's what he really is. So it's kind of redundant. The rumors out there, there, there are some like weird rumors that we're not going to officially address that, that say that there are additional movements to come uh, for mm-hmm. NYXL, but it's a great pickup. What can you say? It's he's yeah. probably... Well, he's 100% the best uh, uh, Genji player, and the Genji is due for a massive buff, as it seems. And he's also uh, very good on the Doomfist, probably a top three uh, uh, player on that. Mm-hmm. And a, a pretty decent brig if <laughs> he ever had to flex <laughs> yeah, to that. Flex- uh, yeah, it's it's a great pickup. I hope he does well. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to root against our previous players unless it's against our team, obviously. So, uh, hopefully, you know, Genji has a big scalpel that he can utilize in a surgical manner. And I think, uh, with, uh, Jonak, um, nanoing him, it'll be pretty
1: sick. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know, as well, it should be mentioned that Haxall is staying in Korea. Mm -hmm. I mean, of most of the Titans who are, are finding new teams. Uh, this is the first that isn't having to, to travel relocate so, yeah. yeah so i think that makes it much easier for him to to integrate within the team yeah. within the environment that he's used to uh the other vancouver titans uh sort of news is uh former head coach Pajon, he has joined the hanjo spark as an assistant coach uh he is the first on the sort of player personnel or coaching side sorry i mean the staff side that has found a, a new opportunity um and Dante, I know, had sort of shared a, a tweet that he's still looking. Although he then conceded that he might have put the wrong email address for, I guess, his representative. Sucks, <laughs> so, rip. Um, but uh, no, Pajon's joining the spark. And I know for those of you who might be following the Toronto Defiant to, in Defiant Corps, there's been conversation like, "Oh, we would have actually really appreciated him coming into Toronto, who's in a weird situation themselves when it comes to mm. their uh, their staffing needs." I'm not going to suggest Pajon would be the answer. I think he's a very accomplished coach, but also consider where is based right now and where Pajon happens to be. It's just opportunity presenting itself to currently stay in Korea just makes a lot of sense. Yeah, probably trying to bring in a, a winning
2: type of uh, culture to that team. They're mm-hmm. kind of always uh, stuck in that uh, middle ground. I think they're like strapped dab in the middle at 10th right now at six and seven, so they yeah. m- might look for some you know, more coaching.
1: Yeah. So that, uh, if we were keeping score at home, uh, doesn't leave a whole lot of uh, unsigned players. I know someone sue is still looking for an opportunity. Uh, Jayong said he is going to go and take his time. I don't think we'll see Jaeong back in owl. Uh, Fisher haven't heard much, but I, I don't know if Fisher gets another kick at the can. He might need to go into the world of contenders uh, to work himself back in. And that's not me suggesting that Fisher was a problem here in Vancouver. It's just that if you're another team, there's there's unfortunately baggage whether it's his or not that's that comes along with the the player runaway should sign him (gasps) well I mean anything is possible in the world of competitive Overwatch Mm. so we're going to take ourselves a very short break here before we dive into the fray So here we are on the frame. And before we actually talk about the rest of the Overwatch League, I'm just sort of watching the the live stream uh, chat here. And something I didn't include in in our rundown, but uh, a topic that Sam and I sort of touched on at the time uh, was that uh, uh, Janu is now in Washington. He is obviously uh, playing for the justice and has relocated to the United States. Now we talked about how the they had shared sort of pictures of sort of setting up the apartment and, and Sam and I sort of alluded to the possibility. Was that, was that intended or unintended shade to the Vancouver Titans? Well, they took it a step further and actually not only shared uh, the you know arrival agenda, they had a tour of all of their facilities. They focused on the fact, look, we have windows from floor to ceiling for lots wow. of sunlight. <sighs> um, here's this space for players. Here's that space for players. Here's the equipment. And then, like, when Janu arrived and, and was talking about his apartment, I mean, they made sure, like, all the Logitech gear was there. They even showed, like, in right. their tour, here's our, like, you know, a c- uh, cupboard of Logitech computer gear. Players need new mice, new mouse pads, new keyboards. They just come here, they grab it, whatever they need. Six
2: consoles. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking terrific. like,
1: you know, my goodness. It, it, it's, if again, I mean, I'm going to well, give props to Washington for marketing yeah. the heck out of that. But
2: <laughs> You know what they say? A wise man learns from his own mistakes. A wiser man learns from
1: another's. So props yeah. to them. What can you do? But it did get me a little je- bit jealous. I wish I had like a closet full of like Logitech gear or oh, Corsair gear, gear or Come Razor on. gear. Or... Again, this podcast <laughs> can be easily bought for just a few mouse pads and a keyboard <laughs> that I can put into a cupboard that I could open up on stream and say, "Oh, I just need to replace my mouse just a moment." <laughs> Anyhow, um, but no, it was. It, it's just imagine the world that could have been here in Vancouver. Had things not been the way they were, imagine
0: all the people
1: (laughs) having access to their own PC.
0: (laughs) Oh
1: man, just consider we give this content away for free. (laughs) So, let's talk a little bit about the Summer Showdown Tourney. So, the uh, Overwatch League is resuming action this weekend, uh, the Summer Showdown Tourney. Uh, The concept is going to be very similar to that of the May Melee, and uh, that has us seeing teams play three matches-ish, and we'll talk about the ish in a moment, uh, into a seeded tournament where there is one sort of qualifier for the, the actual tourney, the playoffs, and then the you know, winner continues to move on. Uh, it's first to three for the play-ins. It's uh, first to four once you're in the playoffs. The ish part, well, there are more teams in North America, Uh, fewer teams in Asia. So as a result, the way that the schedule is set up is a little bit unbalanced. And if you're the Vancouver Titans who've played some of the fewest matches of all of the Overwatch League teams, you actually get a fourth match that doesn't count to your standing. Mm -hmm. So if the Vancouver Titans win that one match, it means nothing (laughs) for their standings into the summer showdown. But uh, there's more actually involved. So we're seeing the return of Hero Pools, which is Part of me was somewhat unfortunate because we saw how no hero pool in the playoff portion of the May melee, uh, created, you know, such compelling events. Um, but they're doing somewhat of a hybrid. So the hero pools will exist. They've adjusted hero pools to now last for two weeks in length. However, because there is a essentially like, I guess it's like four weeks of play this summer showdown, the first two weeks will have the same hero pool. So just as a refresher, uh, that means no Diva, no Echo, no Sombra, no Brig for two weeks, mm-hmm. and then no hero pools for the last week and the playoffs, which is kind of hokey, but hey, you know what is what it is. Um, and then moving forward, the sort of hero pools will be... Um, uh, every two weeks, depending on how long things go. But again, it, things change month to month. Like we found out the summer showdown only a few days ago. And, and we know that there is likely going to be more play into the latter part of summer before they get into some form of postseason. which again, we think might be August, September. Yeah. Um, the, on the Asian side of the bracket though, uh, because there's fewer teams, um, the sort of more consistent structure but again they're still following the the rules that uh hero uh, pools being suspended what have you um so it is what it is so let's talk a little bit about who's playing this weekend so kicking off uh the weekend is the London Spitfire versus the Shanghai dragons this is going to be on saturday at 1 a.m pacific so for those of you who might stay up late that's when you'll watch followed by the new york excelsior taking on the Seoul dynasty at 3 a.m pacific we then fast forward to noon pacific on saturday where the paris eternal take on the boston uprising the florida Mayhem take on the dallas Fuel at 2 p.m and then at 4 p.m we have the atlanta uh, rain taking on the uh, la gladiators There is no Asian match on the Sunday. It's just until noon on Sunday that we then see the Philadelphia Fusion take on the Houston Outlaws. At 2 p.m. Pacific is the Vancouver Titans taking on the Toronto Defiant and wrapping up the weekend on Sunday at 4 p.m. are the Los Angeles Valiant versus the Washington Justice. Now, as far as the matches to watch, uh, Ani, you and I were pretty consistent in our picks. Sam did not put any in. That's just Sam's way. (laughs) You and I both suggested that we should watch the New York Excelsior take on the soul dynasty on Saturday. And then on Sunday, we're going to keep tuning in and watch the LA valiant take on the Washington justice. Now I'm going to guess that we probably chose those matches for very similar reasons. Mine are very simple. I want to see former Titans play.
2: I think that's part of it. Another reason is like the other matches aren't really enticing. I'm like, paris versus boston eh. but you're right like if haxel plays it's going to be interesting uh, obviously we've already seen uh, stitch and janu uh try and uh, play and carry washington it's going to be interesting for sure um but yeah I'm, I'm i'm excited like you talked a little bit about the tournament the summer tournament um to give props to blizzard i haven't seen one criticism of, of the last tourney uh everybody was very positive it seemed like we got really hyped games and good a good uh uh, you know viewership for those so i'm looking forward to it and and what the overwatch league has in store for its last couple of months i think
1: yeah and i i will agree i mean i think the overwatch league is doing the essentially the best with what they're, they're being provided. And the pandemic has obviously resulted in them needing to pivot and adjust as need be. If there was one thing I would like for them to do is acknowledge that what they're going through is some form of experimentation or, or if it's not experimentation to provide sort of the longer look or the longer view. But Mm -hmm. I also understand that maybe they're banking on the possibility that teams will be brought together at some point. You know, like we look at the United States. The United States has made it considerably easier for uh, professional athletes, and I think esports falls into that category uh, to enter the country. Uh, and based on that, it might make sense that teams start to come back to the U.S. Whether it be, let's say, in in LA or maybe down in, in Texas or into I don't know. I was going to say New York, and I'm just thinking in the top of my head right now from the pandemic perspective: California, New York, and then Texas. Maybe not the the best destination, um, all things considered. But I think maybe the Overwatch League is is holding out hope that they'll be able to have sort of synchronous events uh, mm-hmm. where there's much more control over the environment than sort of playing online. Um, where you have also the factor of paying at play, regardless of whether or not you're the Vancouver Titans who have, you know, a couple players in EU and or a few players in EU and, and um, uh, Saudi Arabia and then, you know, NA. So um, the other thing that I do kind of find funky, but I get it's due to the number of teams. Is so the tournament kicks off again this weekend with a relatively light schedule. That schedule picks up subsequent (laughs) weekends. Um, And then we get into the funkiness that is the Atlanta-Rain-Vancouver Titans match on June 28th, which counts for the rain, but not the Titans. Because, again, the Titans are playing four matches. Um, And I don't think we've ever mentioned this, but these um, sort of qualifying matches count for season standings. Which is why the Vancouver Titans are playing that fourth match, but right. the actual playoffs. Once you're into the tournament, they don't. So you're, the Vancouver Titans losing to the Defiant last time did not count as a match. The Vancouver Titans playing the Defiant this time will. Will count.
2: I was really confused when I did my spreadsheets the last. Uh, uh, well, last time we did them, like wait, this didn't count. Apparently, it didn't. So yeah, and
1: I, I mean, it's, it's 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 is difficult to try to you know. Uh, you know, keep up. So yeah. you know. records are all over the place. You have a bunch of teams that are like four and six, and
2: the others are like twelve and one. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, the uh, other adjustment as well um, that sort of plays in to the summer showdown. So originally, uh, teams had a, a essentially a signing deadline. So a trade and signing deadline was originally June fifteenth. Uh, the league has actually now extended that through to the end of July. Mm. So it is arguably possible that we'll still continue to see some players come in, some players come out, um, through to the end of the summer. And that's what sort of has me thinking that we'll see some form of culmination tournament in August that will then lead into whatever playoffs will be. So, anywho, that is the uh, summer showdown. Now, as far as sort of signing deadline and, and, you know, player personnel movement, there has been quite a bit. So let's, you know, start off by talking about Toronto. Uh, So their GM, Jay, has retired. He um, shared this news that uh, he has wanted to sort of, you know, move on to different things. Um, Part of me is surprised by this, because where Toronto is starting to sort of transition to, I would have thought Jay would have been relatively involved. But then, you could also counter it by saying, well, they haven't, they've been underperforming. Like when we were talking to Adam, for instance, when he joined us for the podcast, he is, he had said, yeah, well, you know, we need to, we need to perform. We have a, a team that was built for this. We're not having to change. And maybe that's part of the, the equation here. I don't yeah. know. Um, but they're also in this weird spot where from a coaching perspective, they don't really, if I understand correctly, have a head coach. They have someone filling in. So could this be a hard reset where now, they're bringing in, you know, it's on, on the sports side, the GM comes in and that person sort of gets to determine, you know, who their staff happens to be. It's a lot easier to bring a new GM in where they don't have to then immediately go and yeah. send a coach packing, for instance. I heard uh, that Mr. Morocco is uh, available That's true, but I don't think he's looking to get back into the Overwatch. Like, I know nothing. (laughs) Um, Also going on in uh, Washington uh, is John Galt uh, retiring, uh, their head coach. Uh, He had uh, mentioned that uh, he decided to go back to school. Or let me rephrase this. The team in their announcement said he was going to go back to school. And John Galt in his announcement didn't quite say that um so i i kind of wonder if washington is simply pulling the mayhem of season past and how they're adjusting mm-hmm. their roster and based on the adjustment of the the roster they're now adjusting their 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 front office i mean Puri is still the gm i mean he took yeah. over from Mullins. so i mean he'll now have to bring in a, a new head coach and sort of as part of that transition washington also um, Dropped though. I mean, Elavuto had had said in his uh, his sort of twit longer. Uh, he saw this transition taking place uh, yeah. to a Korean roster, one that was becoming more and more difficult for him to see an opportunity for himself to play in. Uh, communication was becoming an issue, and this this part actually kind of confused me because Washington did you know make a point about how oh uh, you know our Korean players are learning English or English players are le- learning Korean
0: hmm
1: But then in Elovot's sort of well, longer, he sort of indicates language is an issue. So and I'm not I'm not suggesting it's not. Like I I don't speak Korean. So imagine me trying to communicate with a majority of a team that's speaking in a language right. that's familiar to them. It's difficult. And that would be equally the same if uh, you know, someone speaks Korean and not English, and they're the sort of the sole person out. So uh, Zachary, he is retired uh, from the Dallas Fuel, but his retirement has him going into the world of Valorant. Um, he had mentioned how he hasn't been really enjoying uh, Overwatch, but he also came from you know the world of CS, so that sort of makes sense. And uh, to help fill the hole of his departure, Paintbrush has been acquired uh, by the Dallas Fuel from the Los Angeles Gladiators. Because um, obviously,
2: Zach is playing uh, main support, right?
1: Yeah, I, I again, I can't explain yeah. why things are happening. The way they are.
2: Probably are uh, lubing with. I think AKM and, and uh, Encore are still officially there, right? Uh, I think so. I don't
1: know yeah. so. I mean, I won't. Probably. We haven't seen attention. anything official.
2: Like, but while they have the same goes for Zachary, while they have Doha and DK, they, they have no... <laughs> chance of really playing that much
1: yeah um paintbrush is an interesting one because i know for uh those of you who are listening to the podcast who happen to be in titan's court there was actually quite a bit of conversation there like ah oh, when we saw that there was an opportunity for him to be available he would have mm. been someone that people wanted in vancouver thinking he would be actually a a, a strong supplemental piece so mm, true anywho and uh one final uh trade that took place sideshow has been traded to the gladiators from the florida man Okay, what are your thoughts on this? Like Sam and I got into it a little bit in the last episode.
2: Uh, It's 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 fun. It's fun. I I like it. It's not like he's actually taking someone, some other uh, players' place. So,
1: but like the it, it's a double edged sword. I get the entertainment value of this, but they're full on memeing it. Yeah, like that's the part that sort of gets me to tilt a little because. For a league that wants to suggest, in one hand, it's a professional iteration akin to what we are used to in traditional sports. Right. We see, see a lot of this sort of entertainment content creation component. You know, it, it, it's no different than uh, you know Zoe's cat, uh, you know, picking hero bands and and, right. and the like. So I'm not I'm not full on angry about it. It's just something that I kind of roll my eyes at well as long
2: well we don't uh, neither of us expects him to actually see some playtime so no
1: but like I mean it's one thing to go and sort of have fun with it like Mm -hmm. the fact that there was a fan created announcement of sideshow joining the mayhem looks far superior than half the actual player announcements that are shared by teams in the league Um, but what Florida shared was complete like memory and then what LA shared was even worse I would much prefer that they They treat the experience professionally in regards to how they announce, but meme the fun out of it. Mm. Like have a video where they're talking about, you know, like have the supplementary material be the meme, not the full Mm. on. Oh, this is what we're doing. Anyhow. Well,
2: I guess it's up to marketing really to decide. I'm, I don't really care that much. I I watched the event itself. It was pretty funny. Uh, But yeah, well, I guess part of it is, is uh, the league being what it is with COVID and all that stuff. I guess uh, people are trying to, Mm -hmm. you know, make it more fun and more uh, measurable as, as everybody's like proclaiming that everything is basically uh, uh, deteriorating and going to hell. But I guess that's like one way to alleviate some stress perhaps.
1: Sure. Fair enough. And I, again, I, for me, it's I'm I'm of two minds. I just can't yeah. settle which mind <laughs> has sway here. The reptilian mind. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyhow, uh, what we're going to do here is uh, take ourselves a quick break for those listening to the podcast and uh, bring on board uh, both Sam, who is going to tap in for Omni. And, uh, Rachel Finder, who is again, the co-founder and CEO of Ateo, uh, Ateo being an esports, uh, uh, clothing company. And she's going to talk a little bit about, uh, her brand, what this concept esports, uh, clothing happens to be. Uh, we're going to talk about sort of esports in general. And then, uh, for those who happen to be listening to our podcast, uh, she's got a little special something lined up, uh, exclusively, uh, for, uh, Team RSP. So again, we'll be right back.
0: There is still more to my
1: tail. I'm pleased to share that we are joined by a very special guest, Rachel Feinberg, who's the co-founder and CEO of Ateo. Now, Ateo, I'm gonna be quite frank, was not a brand I was fully aware of until Sam so eloquently put it on my radar. And I know Sam, you've actually, you know, worn worn their clothes, but I if I were to go and, and correlate what I see from from the the clothing line, is it's very um High tech, like Lululemon ish. I mean, that being you know, the Vancouver reference that I can give. Uh, but Rachel, thank you for for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us to talk a little bit about your brand, the the concept of esports clothing, and then obviously, you know, Overwatch and video games.
3: Yeah, I'm happy to be here.
4: See, this is this is why Chris, you and Omni are always on tilt. It's because. I got my perfect PMA right here with my sitters with my with my gaming pants and you guys are wearing uncomfortable pants. Well, and and Rachel's to thank for that. Mm-hmm. So so Rachel's responsible for my proper PMA.
1: Well, I'd like to point out for the purposes of this interview, I'm actually wearing a pair of Lululemon shorts. They are they are some of the most comfortable shorts that I own. My one regret is that I'll, you know, people who see me on stream, they know that I might fit a size larger than maybe Lululemon provides. So this, unfortunately, was the one pair I was able to find that
4: fit. Fair enough. But what Rachel, what what Chris is saying is that he can be bought. <laughs>
3: well, yeah, you that we're fans of. The community and business Lululemon has built. So that's a compliment. Yeah.
4: For sure. So, so, I mean, like, let's just kick things off for, for listeners who, who may have never heard of you. Like, what, what is Ateo and, and, like, who are you guys?
3: Um, so, Ateo is started by myself and my best friend, Brianne. We are a lifestyle clothing brand focused on gaming and specifically esports. We care deeply about designing clothing that makes you a better gamer. Um, that means a variety of things a lot of the time that presents itself in technical details but that also means making you a better member of the community and how we kind of use our brand to build the future of gaming um so we're an apparel brand that cares a lot about the gaming space and consider ourselves very much in the space
4: No, that that's awesome and like did you were you always in in fashion or were you always in gaming or like how, how did you guys get started
3: so Brienne and I met at Parsons. We're both fashion design majors, and we always knew after we graduated we wanted to start a brand together. After school, Brienne was this re- Canadian was recruited to Vancouver to work for Aritzia, the other big apparel brand. Mm, we've
4: you heard right? of those people.
3: You've heard of them. And um, I stayed in New York and worked in like the luxury space. We then started designing a luxury brand, kind of on nights and weekends on Facetime, and we showed at New York Fashion Week and. Or interviewed by Vogue and all these sort of like top-tier fashion like benchmarks, and it felt really not that exciting. Um, I had played games my whole life, but I definitely had no idea what esports was. And we got introduced, we started going to Flushing Queens as designers, and we kind of found ourselves in gaming cafes. So, for those that don't know, it's an hour subway ride outside of New York City, and It has gaming cafes that are very much like what exists in Korea. So a culture that I haven't found in LA and it's local community, like people from the community that have tournaments and, you know, just like 30 people. Um, I knew nothing of like the big world of esports or franchise leagues or anything like that. Um, And we started realizing that from like a design point of view, the quality of goods and the kind of apparel people were wearing was really subpar and they did not accept subpar quality when it came to games. And we thought they were being charged too much. We thought that um, there was a very specific aesthetic being conveyed. And we knew we wanted to create apparel that was designed for gaming, that could build a community around gaming and esports, very much like a Nike or a Lululemon has. And we started making samples of cups and sleeves in our, at our home sewing machine and bringing them to the cafe and having people try them on and kind of getting their feedback and about six or eight months into this like random sweatshirt development we were doing, we went to TwitchCon and that really opened our eyes to kind of the magnitude of this space. And I think further solidified how much we wanted to be here because TwitchCon's great. There's like fancy booths and all of that. But the fact that people have like been part of a streamer's Twitch community for five years and are now getting to meet in person and their friends, like those moments meant so much to us. And I'd say the rest is kind of history. We had quit our jobs, had no money, moved across the country to LA because we wanted to be near both North American League of Legends and the Overwatch League, which hadn't even started. And we launched a TAO.
4: It's crazy. What, what, what does a TAO mean? Like, I, I guess for people that have a hard time pronouncing or something, what, what does the word mean?
3: So it's actually an acronym that we haven't okay. yet. Um, we wanted to have a word that we could kind of own that you would specifically think of us. We also wanted it to be something that felt endemic to gaming, but could also grow. So we started in esports and now have kind of branched out into more kind of gaming, but we really believe we are building the lifestyle brand for the future. Um, And I think recent events with coronavirus have shown us that that future might be coming a lot quicker than we thought it was.
4: Mm -hmm. And then, so like, I, I guess I'm a little bit curious, and and all our listeners, I'd say ninety four percent are gamers, and then there's there's like Chris's dad or something who's listening to this, um, but like, how do you go about imagining and envisioning like what esports or what gamers like want to wear, right? Like, and and how, and because we're talking about fashion, it can't. It also has to have an aesthetic to it, right? Um, and I, I'm not a fashion major by any means. I do like sneakers, as you know. You can tell from my backdrop. Um, but, but like, how do you go around envisioning that?
3: So we did a lot of listening to people, as well as kind of being conscious of how much of our own voice we put into it. Um, we really viewed it from like a technical point of view. So how could we prevent injuries? How could we kind of protect you if you already had an injury? A lot of what we heard had to do with temperature. And so we use those kind of principles to guide us into how we de- design the product. Um, I think we view it, We tr- coming from traditional fashion, it's pretty it was easier for us to recognize kind of the flaws in apparel that exist right now. And we wanted to kind of do this our way and really develop like the best zip up to game in or sit at a computer in and really commit to that. So for, that was the first product we launched. We only launched one product in one color. And I think that really speaks to kind of how we view product development as a brand and what it means when we say this is a good product.
4: What are some of the injuries that, that you found in, in speaking with with esports players and things like that?
3: So I think that we've had a lot of injuries around wrist um, and kind of the friction you got when you keep both the hand with the mouse and on the keyboard. Um, and a lot of people are really cold because they're keeping the environment cold due to their computer, um, whether that be on stage or at home. And so how could you build a long sleeve product that they wouldn't push up? Um, The amount of screen footage I have of people going like this is like unbelievable. And how we could develop that sleeve. Originally, that sleeve had a pad and a thumb hole that became really clear it wasn't going to work. And so now we've really focused on kind of just eliminating seams, making that fabric pretty tight, not tons of compression, and really just smooth. So I think that a lot of times people think technical apparel, like they're going to like bind my wrist. That just means really thoughtful design and really designing for the way the garment's going to be worn. We've also heard a lot about temperature, Um, a lot in the five games community, but in other spaces as well, players are sitting competing with like robes on their lap, but they're like wearing a t-shirt and how do we really kind of build a comfortable product that you can compete in, you can take off easily, all those sorts of things. Um, and we also care a lot about posture. Our version one of our zip up didn't fully see as much as we'd love to kind of execute. But basically the way that zip up goes, it goes to here. If you hold your head straight forward, your head weighs, I think it's like 13 to 18 pounds, puts 13 to 18 pounds less of pressure on your body than if you're like this or like this. So this idea that we can one, build it as a reminder and to eventually develop products that are really technical to kind of instill the posture.
4: So, so what I understood from that is, if I wear your hoodies, my SR is going to go up.
1: hundred <laughs> percent. You uh, heard Sam, it here first. I, I don't know if there's anything that you could wear, including someone sitting on your lap, that'll improve your SR that bad. <laughs> or maybe uh, wearing nothing's the key. Yeah. Uh, also, not something I would recommend you do. Uh, so, I actually want to sort of follow up on the on the technical side. So. Um, a technical clothing brand that I'm familiar with is Under Armour. I, I grew up playing, you know, you know, outdoor sports and the moment Under Armour arrived on the scene, I suddenly realized what it was like to wear clothing underneath like uh, a ball jersey. Or if I was out in, in the winter, our winter, my winter sport in, in Canada is soccer, which I know for, for some of our listeners in our community might not make sense. Well, how do you run around in the snow? I live in the tropical part of Canada. Yeah. which isn't that tropical but i'd be out there in the rain and it would be cold and under armor created gear that allowed me to to still function it was comfortable it didn't you know because rain was an issue it didn't it wasn't like cotton which was like running around with the 20 pound you know uh towel wrapped around me it was as some of the old shirts do so You know, taking it back to sort of what you were talking about uh, here in in the world of esports, I'm actually quite impressed because I would have never considered things like a long sleeve shirt interfering with play. But I, you know, as you were describing, you know, pushing your arm, the sleeve up your arms, I do that. For me, it's actually, it's bothersome if there's something on my wrist, even if I were to go to the office for my day job in a long sleeve shirt, if I've actually, you know, dressed up for the day, I'm unbuttoning and I'm moving them up. Um, so I, again, it's more of a comment, not so much a question. It's just impressive to me that you've, you've taken, you know, things like that into consideration as I can imagine, you know, especially in e space, the, the variety of different environments that, uh, that gamers themselves play in, and then taking it a step further for, for those that create their content at home, streamers and the like, yeah. the question I have though, and I, I guess for, for me, you know, what. What would differentiate, you know, um, someone who's, you know, used to wearing, let's say, I'm going to use the sitters as an example. Um, you know, I have a pair of, you know, sweatpants. They're Fruit of the Loom. And I'm accustomed to wearing them. Like, obviously, I'm not trying to correlate the sitters to a pair of no, sweatpants and Fruit of the Loom. But how hard was it to have someone sort of make that transition where they then were to wear your sitters and say, so like, oh, my goodness, how, how did I not know this?
3: So I'd say about... Two to three full days a month, Brian and I kind of talk to our community via video calls, phone calls, PMs, anything. And a lot of people say that the sitters was a high price tag for them. For context, the sitters are $65. Um, as a business, we should have priced them higher if we care a lot about cost of goods. As like a community member, we felt we wanted them to be somewhat attainable. Um, And a lot of people say that they finally bought the sitters and they used to wear a three pack from Walmart and they're going to buy three more pairs. I think that we're really proud of the products we've developed. Um, The products we've developed will hopefully last you a lifetime and will continue to make them better. And I think that once people put on the sitters, it becomes really obvious the quality of goods, um, the craftsmanship and kind of the care all around to the product. And so once someone gets in the sitters, I'm confident they will be happy. I think for us, it's been really important in how we kind of communicate that to the community and to individuals, especially now when like everything is online.
1: Cool. And I, you know, I, I, what you're saying there, you know, resonates because I took a look at at your website and for our listeners who are curious, it's ateo.com, A-T-E-Y-O.com. But your product reviews are impressive. Um, I, I am you know, I come from a, a customer experience background myself and uh, often that's the first thing I look at. And I'm also the type of person that will go and take reviews and look at the negative ones. Yeah. Cause I, I feel that even though there's a few, there's often, you know, a message to be shared. And it, it's interesting that, you know, of these reviews where there, even some of the poor ones is like, Oh, it's great quality products is what, you know, it's, it's a me issue uh, which I think, you know, speaks highly. I will admit, you know, I am the guy that picks up his three pack of sweatpants at Walmart. Should I put sweatpants on? But, you know, these Lululemon shorts I'm wearing right now, because I'm working from home, I don't have to put pants on. It's a I hard sell. In a
3: time where we care a lot and there's a big discussion around human rights, I think we should be very conscious of where we buy our apparel from.
1: That's that's a good point. That's actually a very fair point.
3: dollars like, cost somebody else more.
4: No, for sure. So, um, I wanted to switch gears a little bit and just talk about, you know, you mentioned you guys moved out or gals, I should mm. say. I should stop saying guys. Um, you guys moved out. I did it again. You moved out to to LA to focus on on NA League of Legends and, and the Overwatch League even before it started. Um, what what was the what was the motivation with that? What did you see from the Overwatch League in the very early days? Now we're drawing back probably like early 2016, right? Um, that that kind of attracted both of you.
3: Um, I think that we wanted to be somewhere that we could be really connected to the community. I think that means industry, pro players, streamers, as well as like fans. The um, LA felt like the appropriate place because we could get two esports that are kind of somewhat—they were all here at that—they were all here at that time. Whereas like CS:GO, Dota are like all over the place, and we also do all of our production in LA. So it was a very conscious decision to be somewhere where we could show up at a factory and at a Overwatch or League event in the same day. Um, and so that was kind of why LA was the decision. And I'm really happy with our decision. Um, it gave us kind of context and relationships that we couldn't have built if we were only in town once a year. And it allowed us to do all of our production in the US.
4: Mm-hmm. And what about the, the Overwatch League itself? You've seen yeah. it grow from its from its infancy. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of their growth? Far? Before
3: they launched, we were there the first day of Overwatch League. I think that There's some exceptional things that have come out of the Overwatch leagues and there's some things that I wish had been handled differently. I think that the Overwatch space um, has done, I don't think it was intentional, a better job of including women and children. I think that now that community exists and now like some teams have capitalized and included that space. But I think that it's a very different demographic that you see in other esports, which is really exciting. I don't know that I'm happy with how they've continued to foster that relationship or what that responsibility means to them. Um, I think that there was something really interesting about it happening all in LA. I think localization is an exciting endeavor. I think it's great for fans and monetization, but I think that um, I'm unsure of the overall strategy and rollout and what that means, particularly for pro players. hmm
4: Mm-hmm. and and actually you, you just remind me of it because i think that's something that we've talked about is just the the diversity of the game i mean from from a casual perspective of course um we we see all sorts of people um the demographic i think is different than your generic gamer dude or or whatever um what about from where where you guys stand because because again you're you're targeting as a esports apparel brand like how how have you been able to reach you know you know women and children in the community, for example, like you just mentioned? Um, and and are you seeing are you seeing those splits, or are you still finding that most customers these days are are still male?
3: So we activate in every game dramatically differently. If I showed you the content that got to the Dota subreddit and gave us mm-hmm. incredible street cred in Dota, I think the Overwatch community would be Um There are very different spaces. The way we kind of talk to our audience is very different. Mm-hmm. We. In the Overwatch space, we do sell to a lot of women. Um, 60% of our orders are women, which I think is really interesting. And um, there's a lot of how you kind of target that female customer is, it doesn't just mean because we're female founders and Jake um, has an incredible audience of women. I think he has consciously fostered that. I think that we pride ourselves on picking influencers or pros or streamers that are nice people and have a brand of their own. And in doing so, I think they create more welcoming spaces, which have allowed us then to reach that audience.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and since, since you mentioned it, what, what is your relationship with Jake?
3: Um, Jake, we met probably like years ago now. I saw him in a video talking about Lululemon. I don't play Overwatch. And the video I saw talking about Lululemon, I found his account before I believe it was U.S. Overwatch World Cup. Um, where he did exceptionally well and everyone was like, how did you know? And I was like, I definitely shouldn't get, like, I don't know that much about game play that I call this. Um, And Jake has been involved with our company forever and still is. Um, He's also our friend and I think a really thoughtful person kind of around the space. Jake is also a huge Dota fan, which is another community we're pretty active in. And so he came with us to Vancouver to TI two years ago now. um, And it was really fun to watch him be a fan and understand why he does the things he does for his community because they mean so much to him.
4: Mm, No, that's awesome. The TI, the, the starter of businesses. (laughs) (laughs) I think the background story is, is, you know, a lot of esports and and the reason I'd say, well, not a a reason, not maybe the reason the Vancouver Titans exist today is because of TI that you mentioned.
3: Yeah. A bunch of the Vancouver Titan people were at TI and we watched with them.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. The you had mentioned that sort of Overwatch um, is a game, not one that you were you were into. Yeah, are you now, or is it just you know not your style of game? In
3: season one and two, I follow the competitive scene very closely. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I'd say I don't follow that much. I watch some streams. Um, I think what Fran has done is really interesting for the community, and I wish there was more thing, events like that. Mm-hmm. Um. I follow League of Legends competitively very closely, um, particularly LCS and some LEC. Yeah, so that's kind of the esports side.
1: More okay. and that's—I mean, I—I'll I, be the first to admit, like League, I kind of know. I'm—I'm um, I'm an Overwatch gamer um, when it comes to the competitive scene. That's just the—the the one I, I follow. But you would also sort of—I'll—I'll I'll be honest. When we were talking about uh, Dota, you kind of lit up. Is, is that like a, a sort of hidden pleasure or is it just that um, it's more akin to what you see with league?
3: I think that I, the Dota scene still feels somewhat grassroots. I know a lot of the organizations are super big, but the players have the same sort of um, authenticity that kind of like existed 10 years ago in eSports. Um, I think what TI and Valve kind of have created is pretty exceptional um, we've also worked a lot with RTZ, who, uh-huh. if people don't know, I don't even know that there's an Overwatch player that compares to him. Um, he would be, I'd say, considered one of the greats. Um, he's English-speaking, but, like, would be considered a great among the whole world of talent, and also from Vancouver. That's there.
4: <laughs> yeah. Very cool. So... So just to kind of, kind of close things up a little bit, I, I understand you guys just hit two years. So congratulations. I'm sure it's been, been a grind. So like, what's next for you for, for those of the people, I I guess a bunch of people listening, maybe hearing about you for the first time, but, but like, what's next for all of you? Cause I know there's a lot more products coming down the line and, and you guys mentioned different events and stuff that hopefully, you know, you'll be doing in the near future, yeah.
3: but so I think going forward in regards to product, we did a really large launch around women's wear last year, and we sold out. So we're working to bring that product, kind of a new version of women's wear back, which will be really exciting for us. We are also working on an updated version of the sitters, I would say, which is really yeah. exciting. And we also are really committed to kind of the collegiate space. Um, we've had a really fun time activating there. Pre-COVID, we had like planned like 20 events at colleges this spring. Um, but we kind of are looking for ways to support that community and activate there as well
1: cool. the uh and actually i just wanted to, like when when we talk about sort of the collegiate actually are we talking about maybe I know, I, i'm just going to s- simply say because it's the first one like a, a UW sitter like you know um, like purple or uh,
3: so a big part of our business and kind of how we reach people is through collaborations so yeah. we're definitely not opposed to college collaborations um our goods cost money so a lot of times colleges are kind of lower on budget but we have mm-hmm. a lot of kind of in-person activations. How do we show up and support the existing gaming club at whatever college okay. we're talking about? And does that look like programming? Does that look like, for us, it's great if people can try on our product. Does that look like giving them product for a giveaway to kind of grow their audience? Mm. Um, I think those sorts of ways to kind of engage with the collegiate team is really exciting to us. And we've been really impressed with the collegiate space.
1: Cool, cool, cool. And I, I, I sort of bring because up because I know like, I'm looking at the product. I know it's uh, um, very... I don't want to say simple because I feel that that sells it short, but I think it's, it's, you know, it's a smart play. You're, you're not offering a thousand different options. Like I'll use the fruit of the loom example. I don't understand how you can offer 400 million different colors of us. Like I get it. There's probably one for everyone, but from a manufacturing perspective, I know very little about that, but that just seems to add far too much complexity to make it work. But then that goes back to the earlier point you raised. It could be from a manufacturing perspective, something that, one needs to look into you basically sell the two colors i wear so i'm good we
3: try to keep it pretty um concise and we also want to make sure that we a new product it's exceptional quality and so if we limit kind of skews and bodies and things like that we can keep a lot better quality control and consistency across the brand i'm
4: trying to figure out how many five-star reviews we need on our podcast to get a ready set poem collab
1: (laughs) help (laughs) us listeners yeah, if you if you ever need like the Harbor Center, you know, logo and blue, green, and white, just let me know. I, I can I can send you a, a copy of it. Perfect. I, I won't. I won't ask what green it's used green for. Pants. <laughs> well, I don't, yeah, I don't know about the green. I, I will admit, maybe like the blue, ish, on a top, <laughs> not on <over> pants. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Clearly, we're in fashion.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So one of the things that uh, we're also you know, excited to share, and, and, and maybe I'll sort of let you talk a little bit about Rachel, is that uh, there might be a little something that's available to listeners of, uh, yeah. of uh, Ready, Set, Pwn. Is that something you can, can share a little bit now?
3: So we care a lot about our product and what you're being charged, we feel, is a very fair price. Um, and so we'd love, though, also to support podcasts and community, kind of peripheral community events and content and stuff like that. So if you buy anything on our website for the next month and use the code Ready Set Pawn, spelled exactly as this, as this podcast is spelled, so without the A in PON, um, you'll get a backpack with your purchase. That backpack is a drawstring backpack, but it has pockets and zippers and is really high quality and was actually designed in that it's the appropriate size to get into arenas or TwitchCon or things like that. So hopefully you return to that life and having a bag of this size with organization will be helpful.
1: Awesome. And, you know, I, I'm not to, you know, it's not my way to correct listeners, but it's ready, set, pwn. And I only do that because we've had Sorry. listeners correct us. They take the word seriously. Sorry. That's okay. I mean, we're okay with it, but like,
3: you no, know, Sam like can, can started, uh... Oh, if you didn't subtract it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wait, it's like would own... it be
3: if we hadn't taken the A out.
1: <laughs> yeah, it would have been, well, yeah, just, it's like own without an O without oh, a, sorry. But, yeah you got it right it's all good I, I'm only doing this because I know there's a listener out there or 2 they're and gonna bug
4: bug light for us forever for this yeah
1: they'll they'll <laughs> in fact I think someone left a review on our podcast once about it being a very you know solid podcast but I wish they'd say this word correctly and I went through and I scrubbed like I'm like where are we said it wrong so it's <laughs> podcast lore yes. Um, you know one uh, a few final questions just on the lighter side so uh, favorite video game what got you into it and like what do you what what game would you go back and continue to play because it was game got not me much into it.
3: It. I'd say my mom got me in the game
1: okay
3: a story um, and it was definitely Pac-Man or Tetris um, okay so play those I'd say recently my pc is at the office and we're going to a whole situation right now um but i've been playing a lot on the switch so i've been mm-hmm. playing a lot of animal Crossing, zelda um those sorts of overcooked with my brother those sorts yeah. of
1: things yeah yeah so animal crossing uh, are you a fan of tom nook and uh, his uh his
3: I'm hijinks not a fan. i don't know tom nook's runs a tough business <laughs>
1: Oh yeah. Well, I mean, the good thing here with, with RSP is our community all helps each other out to corner the stock market. So uh, Tom Nook, uh, he knows nothing against the racket we're running.
3: Discord is like 90% discussing Animal Crossing, but we've never done any <laughs> content or anything. In it.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, actually it's funny you mention that. Like I, I kid you not, I'm a member of so many different Discord communities across a number of different uh Uh, topics from like actual sports to uh, e-sports to video games and nearly every single one of them has a channel dedicated to Animal Crossing.
4: You know who doesn't?
1: Well that's because okay we've had this discussion Sam and and he's he's taking a shot at me because I won't create one in the (laughs) RSP discord but I I mean, I could create one, but like everyone that would use it already exists in, in the Vancouver Titans Discord. So mm, Fair enough. Okay. Cool. 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 <laughs> um, but no, thanks uh, Rachel again for, for joining yeah. us, taking time yeah. on your, your busy day, but I mean, any, any final words that you want to share with uh, all of our listeners or, or anything that uh, we can ask for
3: feedback, or feedback, or ways to help or ways to be kind of part of the community more. So if anyone wants to reach out, you can reach out on Twitter, on email. Um, Brianne and I are pretty public about our information. So we're always looking for feedback
1: or ways to improve. Cool. Awesome. And uh, again, to our listeners, if you are looking to learn more about Ateo, uh, you want to cash in on, on the, uh, the promotion that uh, Rachel shared, uh, just go to a A T E Y O.com. Uh, if you want to follow them on Twitter, it is ateo underscore. Okay. I uh, learned that the hard way, um, but uh, you can uh, see more about what's going on and uh, I'm going to make sure Sam at some point uh, shares a picture of him, him wearing the, in the sitters because that's what everyone wants to see, Sam.
3: The sitters, we're redoing um, our website to help with sizing and if he wants to be on our website and sends a, a picture of him in the sitters, we will put it on the website.
1: you have to do it now sam i mean as much as rachel i just want to want you to know you run the risk of putting a picture of sam on your website not working the way you might want it
3: oh we'll send you instructions
1: sure (laughs) awesome but yeah i think that's they have to do it now sam the listeners will demand it in fact i'm guaranteeing we're gonna see that show up in in discord all right awesome well thanks again rachel um For the rest of uh, you that are still tuning in, we're going to wrap this episode up after a short break. Ah, impressive, if I do say so myself. So Ami and I are now back, having brought in uh, Rachel Feinberg. Uh, For those watching the live stream, you'll be like, well, wait a minute, how did I miss this? You'll have to tune into the podcast. For those of you listening to the podcast, we don't have to tell you to do that. You simply need to uh, listen as you normally do. And you heard everything that Rachel had to, to share. Uh, so for those who are curious, like, well, okay, she talked about this, this deal. And then Sam and, and Chris got into the whole ready, set, pwn conversation. If you use promo code, ready, set, pwn, when you make a purchase over the next month at a tail, so it's a tail.com, a T E Y O.com. Uh, not only are you going to be able to acquire some significantly comfortable esports wear. Sam owns this stuff and he swears by it. Uh, you'll also get a, a complimentary backpack uh, as part of that purchase, which you know, frankly, is is great value. I mean, I think the backpack itself retails for something like twenty uh, some odd US, so it's you know a, a solid deal. Again, it's for the next month, and you have to use that promo code ReadySetHome. For those of you who happen to live outside of the United States, they are a US-based company. Uh, so there is the possibility that, uh, uh, you know, duties and taxes will apply. I mean, as Canadians, we're accustomed to this. Um, but I just want to be, you know, straight up that uh, that might be a possibility. Uh, but again, I mean, the way Sam describes the 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 sitters, the sweatpants, is like, you know, you put them on, you never want to take them off. so. I might, uh, I might uh, investigate an order myself. I'm sold. Yeah. But they have all, the, all sorts of other things. There's t-shirts, uh, sweatshirts. They've got like a bomber jacket, like a full-on like stylish bomber jacket. But, uh, yeah, check them out. at And again, Rachel, thanks for uh, helping uh, join the podcast. Talk a little bit about uh, what uh, technical eSports clothing happens to be. And thank you again for providing us this opportunity to our listeners to get that uh, that solid deal. So here we are, wrapping up another phenomenal episode of our podcast. We've got the Battle of Canada part two lined up. Uh, it is going to be a battle for the ages. Unfortunately, yes, maybe the two teams would prefer that it was the battle for the top, not necessarily the battle near the bottom, but it's still a battle nonetheless. Uh, and when two Sorry, Canadian I'm teams. i here. Yeah.
2: As Drake said.
1: Uh when two Canadian teams go at it, all I have to ask that you do is grab yourself a Mickey or a two four. Uh find yourself a spot on the Chesterfield, maybe get the poutine lined up, get those ketchup chips at the ready. It sounds like the intro to Dark Poutine. And let her out for a rip, eh? Nah, yeah, Dark yeah, K. So uh for those who listen to the podcast, uh you've heard us refer to Dark Poutine <laughs> before. It's a Canadian TrueCon podcast. Uh Mike and Scott, great guys. If you're looking for a podcast uh, and you don't mind true crime, Dark Poutine is good fun. And and uh, I encourage you to check it out. It's darkpoutine.com. Look at that, Mike and Scott. If you listen to this podcast, free promo. <laughs> I'm sure. Tell them tell them Ready, Set, pwn sent you. And I'll bet you they'll be like, what? Uh, but uh, yeah, here we are at the end of an episode. Uh, any, uh, any final words of wisdom that you want to share to all of our listeners or those viewing this uh, live on Twitch right this moment?
2: Have much wisdom to share this week, but unfortunately, I just couldn't find the words to convey them so hmm.
1: it's too bad it's just it's so unfortunate. too much wisdom this week. Yeah, too much oh, wisdom, not enough color no provides for a very no <laughs> you know, disappointing on me. Uh, for me, I mean, again, again, thank you for tuning in, obviously for those watching us on the uh, live stream, uh, you know, D Baker, uh, uh atomic skull, uh, Cuisine. uh, again, when you tune in and watch live, you're simply saving yourself the opportunity to have to go and download the podcast after the fact, but I'm not discouraging you from doing so. Cause if you don't, you won't be able to hear the interview that we had, with, Rachel. Um, As well, uh, as I always ask for you to do, if you can, is to uh, let us know how you think the podcast is going. Uh, You can drop a review on pretty much any podcast app out there. I know like Apple Podcasts allows reviews. uh, Castbox does. uh, I think Spotify does. Um, You know, reviews help not only tell us what we're doing is matters to you, but it also helps uh you know articulate that this podcast is available to those out there. And the the more popular that we might be able to become uh the more fun things that we might be able to do, including attracting, you know, some uh some even more awesome guests. That's not to say we haven't had awesome guests, we have, but we want more of them. Get them all on. The other thing you can do is go to podchaser.com slash ready phone and drop us either a podcast or episode review there. And if you just prefer to tell us straight direct head to voicelink.fm slash Ready, Set, You can drop us like a voice message. You can send like a text, like typing a message there. We get that. Uh, and as is our practice, you leave us a review or you send us something through voicelink. We will share that uh, on an upcoming episode, whether it's myself reading it verbatim, uh, Omni singing something, or Sam giving you an acrostic. Something will happen to recognize uh, you sharing it to us. I'm also going to remind everyone that uh, I said this a few weeks back. We want more guests. We've already got another one lined up. You might be uh, uh, wanting to make sure you don't miss the next podcast episode. The hope is is that uh, the uh, planets align. I I don't want to share who it is quite yet, but another big get. It'll be a good time. Lots of uh, uh, cool things that are going to be shared from a league perspective. Read into it as you see fit. Uh, and then from there we've Nate got, yeah, 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 totally Nate. He's going to be talking about, uh, uh, Fortnite battle Royale. Actually, is, is he still like the esports guy at, at Epic? Probably. I don't see a reason why not. Right. Yeah. But, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, it's possible it's Nate Nanzer. Actually, you know, I'll tell you not. It's probably not Nate Nanzer. Probably. Probably not, but maybe it is. And I'm simply so trying you're saying to, there's a chance. Yeah. There's always a chance. But uh, no, I think, you know, it's a pretty cool time uh, when it comes to uh, the content for the Overwatch League. Uh, we're going to continue doing what we're doing, talking about the Vancouver Titans, uh, talking about the Toronto Defiant, talking about the rest of the league again. And the idea is, is we want to continue to connect with you, our community, who are by far uh, one of the most important pieces of this equation. We do this for you. Uh, and the fact that I think Omni and I both like the sound of our own voice. And for some reason, Sam just likes to talk to us on camera and on tape. And on that final note, be part of our community. Uh, join our Discord. Go to discord.io slash Ready, Join our Discord. Take part in the conversation. Uh, we talk Overwatch League. We talk Minecraft. If Sam had his way, we'd talk Animal Crossing there as well. But uh, lots of good fun to be had. And one of the things that I am looking at lining up in the relative near future uh, is uh, uh, an Overwatch uh, uh, community night where we can uh, get as many people as we can together, uh, have some good fun. I know uh, Omni, Sam, and I have done that a couple of times with a few people, uh, but I think it would be pretty cool to then, you know, maybe get into arcade, create some different modes. Um, like I was doing one, I can't remember what it was called, where it was like hog with on well, and it's like everyone's. Twelve hogs, one hole. Yeah, something like that. Oh, it was so much fun. I didn't do as well with the hog as I did with the Lucio. Mm. where i figured out that i just you know bo- just yeah there's, for the sake of yeah there's a lot of good ones there yeah so on behalf of the missing in action sam at another sam chan omni at omni strike myself chris at light force please do us a favor and hit that subscribe button to the podcast please do us a favor and hit the subscribe or follow button on uh, twitch and please tune in each and every week for some more awesomeness and to learn more about the podcast if this happens to be the first time you've heard this. ReadySetPone.com has all the information you need. So thank you. And those magical two words you've been waiting for me to say. Catcher!